0: Do you ever have to send money internationally? You don't have to use your bank or PayPal anymore. Sure, they'll get your money from A to B, but that transfer will cost you more than it should, a lot more, and it's the old way. Let me tell you about the new, smarter, and cheaper way to send money internationally, TransferWise. TransferWise was founded by two friends, Tavit and Christo, who were frustrated by their banks' bad exchange rates and high fees. They wondered, what if we could bypass the banks entirely? So they built TransferWise. That was seven years ago. Today, more than two million people use TransferWise. People sending money home, businesses paying their suppliers, freelancers getting paid, the list goes on. TransferWise's clever new technology gives you great exchange rates at a low fee. So it'll put more money in your pocket for the more important things because no one ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra cash test it out for free at transferwise.com slash podcast or download the app once again that's transferwise.com slash podcast transferwise the wise way to send money Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today I have someone on the show that you have all met many, many, many times through social media. My mom, Shama, a.k.a. Murmur and Leah Luna's grandma. Welcome to the show, mom! Thank you, daughter. <laughs> Are you uh, excited to be here? I'm super, super excited. Do you feel bullied into the, doing this podcast? <laughs> I feel a bit pushed, <laughs>
1: slightly.
0: A little pushed. You had yes. 250 comments <laughs> from people demanding your attendance on the show.
1: Yes, yes. Do you like that? I think yes. I love it. I you love it. it. Yes, you like I to talk it. to people. You like to get. I like to talk to people, and I like. I like. I love when people think I'm super wise. <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew. <laughs> My favorite question was, <laughs> what does it
0: feel to be so empowered? <laughs> and she was like, Ooh. what? <laughs> empowered? Who? What Me? does, what does it mean? mean? <laughs> but it's so good to have you on the show. You were on the show almost a whole year ago yes. when the baby was really little. Super small. Super small. Yeah. And we talked about a lot of stuff. And now there has <laughs> been a really good year for us overall, I think. Mm-hmm. And for you and for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So just in the spirit of the name of the podcast and uh, speaking from the heart, how are you right now?
1: I am, I'm really good. I was thinking, I just took your class and I was thinking that it's amazing that I am more or less every day. Someone asked in the comment, how do you do when you have tough, tough days? And I'm just like, I never have tough days. That's a great answer. People
0: feel so relieved hearing that.
1: No, but yeah, but but <laughs> I, I never w- have tough days. You're no, on your own. No, but you know, I I used to have only tough days. <laughs> Maybe so it's being balanced to, out now. Yes, to realize that okay, I more or less every day I feel good. Mm. Mm.
0: And what do you think is what's the reason behind that? What's the biggest, what's the biggest shift? If you think back, just the contrast between having mostly shitty days and now having almost no shitty days. What's the what's the shift?
1: I think. Uh, I mean, there are many, many things, many years, many things. But I think in in total, the biggest one is to lose everything and to realize that all you have is yourself. You lose everything you love. You, I lost my children. I lost you, you know, when I tried to commit suicide three, three years ago. I lost everything. And uh, now to come back from that and realize that I have everything... And I I had everything, but the one thing I lacked at that time was me. So I kind of lost everything, I was stuck with me, and I had to work with what I had, and that was me, alone. I mean, from being mom of four kids, always, more or less, to have no one. And then to grow from there, to get from there, it was like tiny baby steps. And now I just kind of float in my life, being me, feeling like, wow. So I think that's the biggest... Uh, now I live my life together with me. Wherever I go, I bring myself along. I never let myself kind of m- m- down anymore. And I think that's the biggest shift because it's easy.
0: But it's also easy to have that. If, if you're a mom and you have four kids, I feel like I can barely do it with one. It's easy to always <laughs> have an excuse of, but I have to tend to the children or but I have to work or mm-hmm. but I have to. Mm-hmm. So you always bring focus onto everything else. And then you forget at the end of the day if everything is stripped away. What's left?
1: Yeah, but I, I'm also I'm also very you know when Loon is now is so tiny and I don't know how many times a day we we say duct tape Shay to her. <laughs> I know I was thinking about that today I'm, too. I'm, I'm really but, but I mean in in total we say good girl. We say it like. So th- uh,
0: we have, we're going to start a little dictionary called Dennis's uh, Swedish English Words. So whenever we say a word that we repeat a lot in Swedish, he has his own English abbreviation. And one of the things we say is, which means good girl. And he says duct tape, for instance. But I was thinking about that now, how I don't want her to grow up and feel this sense of, oh, I have to do something or perform to be a good girl. Like she should be instilled no, this love yeah, is that but just she being is. her she is a she good girl is a whatever good girl. she does
1: and, and whatever she does I even mean, if she fucks up she's no, a good no but she's girl. surrounded by this feeling like she's a good girl you know mm-hmm. because she's she's like wherever she goes she's met with love if she goes to you to Dennis to me to Sana, to Ludwig to the maid to anyone she's met with love at Island Yoga she walks in people are like ah! it's like everyone <laughs> the whole world is loving her you know and I think that's the difference when you come to the world and you don't feel that, that you feel like from the beginning something is wrong with me. And I think then you have a totally different platform and life becomes a struggle. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Because I don't know if you have done that before. I mean,
0: I, when I share my past or our past, it's my perspective and my mm-hmm. life. I and mean, mm-hmm. you had me when you were 20, but could you share a little bit of your, of your life story?
1: Yeah. A, yeah. And I, I really want to emphasize. From then to now. Yes that there is no blame in my story it is what it is like I was born the, the uh, sister I had two sisters when I came and one is eight years older one is two years older and I more or less was born into a divorce and I think that us three sisters we have totally different perspective on our parents where my, my eldest sister she had two parents for six years alone, my youngest my uh, my two years older sister she had them she was very longed for, and then they were divorced and, and I was they were pregnant with me, and I kind of was born into that situation and I think that I was born super happy really. I can see pictures. I was really, you know, solid, bouncy, sturdy, happy child. But the situation I was born into wasn't perfect. And then divorced. Then they. I grew up with my mom. I missed my dad a lot, and they were fighting a lot. And there was uh, my, my my sister. She didn't like me coming. I threatened the whole situation. I think I think I kind of was. Uh, to my my sister that I was the reason for the divorce Hmm. like you came along and then I came and everything went you know bad so she punished me a lot so I grew up in a situation where I I really didn't feel at home I felt like an outsider and I longed for my daddy and uh, it was a really I don't know this situation to not be at home in your family and to to not have support I think that kind of uh, what do you say
0: Yeah, you don't have the the roots there. I mean,
1: yes, and it kind of yeah, it took me to a direction that wasn't my essence. You know, if I would have grown up with as loonies, I would be totally like super happy. Um, But now it took me away from my essence, and I, I became kind of sad and an outsider. I was very, I didn't have many friends, and I always was the odd bird in a way. And I grew up like that, so. Uh I remember first time I drank alcohol I was 14 and it was the same time when my dad got cancer so then my path kind of strayed away further into a difficult situation where I, I hang out with a lot of guys and I did things I, I that wasn't me I was very shy as a as a child I don't think I was shy from the beginning but I grew into be a, a shy child and then alcohol gave me courage to do things. You know, football gave me courage. I was really good at sports. Um, so I got a lot of confirmation, but from the wrong... What shall I say? From the outside world, but not from my family, not from my core. So there was always kind of a fight with me and my mom, with me and my sisters. And I was never included. I wouldn't say never included. It feels terrible because... But in the things that I felt matter to go on skiing trips or, you know, to uh, go on exercises, gymnastics and stuff. I was always left at home uh, because I was considered too small. And for me, it's really strange. Like my 12-year-old sister and my 4-year-old sister, they went to do stuff, but I was left alone. And for me, that's very strange. So I don't know, there was like a strange constellation in my family and... uh, I would say we did as good as we could, but I strayed off, totally. So I ended up in really difficult situations, bad situations with um, alcohol and guys, and I was kicked out of my home. At how old? I was 17. I think I was 16 at first.
0: And then grandpa was really sick.
1: Yes, my dad was dying, and him and my mom, they discussed what to do with me. And I shouldn't, my mom didn't want me to stay at home. Dad didn't want me. So when he got really sick, he bought me an apartment. So I moved uh, away from home when I was 17 and
0: managed. Do you remember that feeling like moving away? Like, was it a relief or was it a. Just a super sad, heavy situation, or were you not even aware? You just went along.
1: No, it was it was more like uh, my mom had moved to Stockholm, so I'd swapped schools, and I didn't have any friends. I had bulimia. I was eating, throwing up. I was kind of mixing eating, throwing up, playing football, uh, drinking, hanging out with 10 year elder guys, eating, throwing up, playing football. Uh, You know, it was like a vicious circle of anxiety. I didn't know it was anxiety back then. I didn't know I was trying to soothe anxiety by doing sports 10 times a week. And in between, I ate and threw up. And then I went (laughs) to do more sports. And then I drank and got totally pissed. Ended up at some random guy's place. And in the morning, I went to a football game. And I performed brilliantly. And it was really weird. And then I lived alone. I was seventeen, and uh, I earned my own money. No one paid for me, like so. I worked extra at cafes and restaurants, and I kind of had my little own household with my. And you were in school, of course. And I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you sometimes, were also, sometimes. Sometimes I was in school, not often, not much, honestly. Mm. The last uh, year when my dad died, I I skipped school a lot. So, yeah, it was a difficult time, really. And And then mm. somewhere around then you met my dad. Exactly. That's weird.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's really weird for me to to even imagine because I've seen pictures from how you. you, I think you look like such a baby when you were like seventeen, eighteen. Like you look like twelve. You look so little.
1: And was really chubby, you know. And I can also see that (laughs) you weren't chubby. You were like no, but my face, my Mm. face was kind of you know very yeah. yeah it was like a chubbier version of my face (laughs) (laughs) yes but I met your dad in a restaurant I was waiting tables you know and I met him he had the casino table there and uh, I was together with a different guy at the time and that was also like because my dad just died he just passed away and my boyfriend at the time he decided to be unfaithful to me so I went on a even darker path you know so i started to sleep around also and at that time i met your dad i wanted to ride the mercedes <laughs> that's, that's like like a great <laughs> great
0: like reason to transition into a new relationship
1: <laughs> a 19 year old gold digger but i can really see that this this search for for um, support for someone to take care of me and my dad he was financially very successful he was a professor and a a surgeon and he was very wealthy my mom was super poor so I think the situation being raised with my mom super poor and my sisters and my dad being super wealthy and you know had a lot of power and um, you know good looks so I just felt like okay Uh, power and to be someone and money that's where happiness is you know so I really I wanted to stay with my dad to live with my dad he had a wonderful wife uh, who became my second mother and so I really longed to be there and I think that in your dad I saw that I saw something you know that could represent like stability yeah mm -hmm. yes that need of that you know, I think that's the basis, you know, for gold diggers. When you speak about women being gold diggers, there is a lack and you see I hate something. that term because it's always...
0: But it's also so... <coughs> but it's true. Yes. It I is mean, true. Because you, you use the term a lot. And I know you mean that in a way that you're like an unsuccessful gold digger because you never made it away no, with yes, money yes. anyway, so. <laughs> that But was you are looking for stability and for st- to be cared for in some, some shape or yes, form. But and he was in this, you know... Uh, looking to 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 become a provider, I think. I mean, from I think also from his childhood dad, and what, what he what was he doing loves,
1: He loves to take care of people. You loves know? to take care of people. He yeah. loves to take care of people, and he loves to kind of bring the food to the table. He loves to support people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when he's loved, I think he's the best provider. Mm-hmm. When he feels safe, and I think that we kind of met in a situation where we kind of we weren't we super young. I was nineteen. He was twenty-three. Really, I didn't see that I had a gold digger mentality back then. You didn't think that you liked him because he had money? No, 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 no. But when I, in retrospect... Was he
0: handsome? Was he like an interesting person? Like, (laughs) or did you just want to ride the Mercedes?
1: No, but he had this charisma and, you know, he was flirty and, you know, he was kind of fun. Uh, You know, he always made jokes and he was... And he hung out with all the rich people and all the...
0: I mean, he was really, really
1: young and really successful. He was super young and successful. Yes, yes, yes. He didn't drink drink alcohol at the time and I drank, you know, six days a week. He didn't have a drink until he was 23 or 24. No, no, but I mean, we went out and he had a glass of champagne. He threw up on the way home. He threw up because he got so drunk. And I'm like, Hello? (laughs) <laughs> I had two bottles and he had one glass and he was like totally wasted.
0: But he still doesn't drink. I mean, now he's never been a no, drinking type person. No, but I can
1: say that your dad, he always said when he met me, he was sure that I was a drug addict. And I never did any drugs, but he felt I was so far out, you know, too much that he actually thought I had a drug problem but I didn't but I drank you alcohol. Had problems I drank alcohol <laughs> as, as if it was drugs mm-hmm. you know I was no, always is. more or less always drunk I was working drunk I woke up drunk I was really yeah so so we were together for I think one year and a half something like that and then we were supposed to split up we lived together and then I was pregnant with you and at that time and I remember I I felt so bad because I I knew that during these three months that I was pregnant with you I had been drunk maybe thirty times I don't know, and uh, I didn't know what that at back then you didn't think that the little embryo had any effect, you always thought like a an, a bigger child in the belly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an issue, you know. It never was. But no one said anything about no, that. No, 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 no. But afterwards, when you were born, it was like, "What? Oh, that's so bad!" Like I was really drunk six times, six nights a week, and I turned out just fine. <clears throat> or no, no. But that's really like when you say that, I can just say that everything, every child of mine is like a proof that all the the things you are supposed to do and not do when you're mm. pregnant, well sometimes no, it's not it's true it's all really individual yeah yes yes and you turned out fine but i can also think that of course i because i believe that we can have trauma traumas received in in the belly you know as embryos and i think both you and i did suffer a lot as embryos and babies like that i don't think because you were super loved and we loved you really both of us we did our best to be parents i became a full-time mom from being the party you know, girl waiting tables at, until five in the morning, then going out to next party. And, you know, I stayed at home. I had a little car. We bought a little house. I did everything before you were born. I did all your bed linen. I knit little sweaters, you know, everything. Everything
0: handmade at home. Everything and was super, that's a big, super perfect. But were you alone then? Because all your friends, they oh. continued partying, right? Or who, do, who, who did you knit bed linens with
1: it was me (laughs) and then it was me and sometimes it was my mom and sometimes (laughs) it was my dad's wife Uh, but most of the time I was alone I was super much also really alone and when you were born I felt still like an outsider you know because then I was really an outsider because I didn't have the perfect marriage you know I didn't plan the baby didn't know anything about motherhood. I was 10 years younger than every other mom. So whenever I went to like a mom's group... You were 21. When yes. I was born, yeah. And everyone was like 30, 35 or something. And I was like, I was always the odd bird. So, but I had a few friends, friends of your dad's, also in the casino or restaurant business. Like, so we hang out.
0: Their they're, uh, wives? Obviously. Yes, yeah. the wives,
1: yes. And they were, you were the same age and... Um, so we had a lot of fun with you, three babies and three three girls, yes.
0: Mm. And then my brother, who was just here, who's it's funny because people ask so many questions about him because he's mm. never around. Because, and, and because
1: he's so handsome. And he's Everyone so handsome. Wants to, Everyone, uh, yes, yes. They
0: kept asking if you could be their mother-in-law.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's such that's a handsome funny, guy.
0: Yes. <laughs> but he's also such a you know he's not like Mm -hmm. a in the spotlight type of guy he's lived in Mm -hmm. LA for a decade he's we see him super rarely now Mm -hmm. um but he was born he's two years younger than me yeah so then by then you. and he's
1: like your what you say he's like your opposite total totally totally yeah super sweet I'm not saying that you're not super sweet (laughs) thanks he's your opposite he's the best
0: He's my favorite child. He's totally opposite from you. No, but you were. And, and,
1: and people wonder how you were as a baby. And it's like you were like Lunis, but even smarter. You know? <laughs> no offense to Lunis. No, no offense what? to Lunis, But you were really, you were the one pushing the, the, what do you say? You were the one on the edge all the time, trying, climbing. When you were 10 months old, you climbed out of your crib. Lunis hasn't even tried that. No. You know, so you were really, you were climbing shelves and you were, at this age you spoke. You were very, you know... At one. At one you said all, and you said really proper words, like, uh, you didn't say nana, you said banana. Uh, You said mama, papa, you said uh, lampa, um, table, yeah. Uh, You really, and you were always the best. And Ludwig, then Ludwig came and he was, he was very slow. (laughs) He was fat. very and, and so fat funny. and chubby. He was like and, eleven pounds or something. And cuddly and really, you know, he he his his thing was to sit in your lap. He <laughs> climbed up to everyone's lap, just sitting there, and he didn't walk until he was like fifteen months, I think. And he didn't speak early, and he was very late and very sweet and very gentle and, you know, f- totally different character. You were the greatest, and he was very cute and sweet and. And uh, as as you say, he was super easy to love, mm-hmm. really, really. But you were like Adrian. more like uh, quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I think both of you. I think you were extremely loved, both of you. And this is my what I feel like. Um, my ability to love, even though I didn't receive that much myself, was kind of un- undamaged. So for me, it became very strange to not love your children. To not be able to show how much you love them. Did it create more separation between you and your mom?
0: Did mm. you ever reflect on that then? I mean, because I was we were always so close with her, me and Ludwig.
1: I, I am feeling now when Lunis is here, I feel my mom, she supported me so much when you were a baby. When both of you were babies. She was so supportive, really. She stayed with us. Um, she took care of you so much. She loved you, and she really cared. And she was very supportive of me as a mom. Mm. She never quest- she never questioned my motherhood. She never, you know, told me what to do, not to do, or she always. Uh, I, I think she was. That was her like her moment in my life. Do you
0: think she she loved you through us? Like it was easier for her to. It was super really
1: easy in. for her to express love to you. Mm-hmm really i i remember you also said uh, that she told you once that she wasn't that kind to me when i was a kid mm-hmm. yes and that she was sorry for that but i think it was somehow i think i was very much like my daddy also so you, i think she saw him in me a lot and that made it difficult and he left, and here, yeah. yes yes
0: you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl I want to tell you about a brand new, super tasty, super coffee drink that I have a feeling you are going to love called Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. Yep, you heard me right. Mushroom coffee. This coffee is as delicious as it is healthy. Mushrooms offer amazing health benefits. And by combining this with my morning cup of Joe, Four Sigmatic sets me up for a happy and productive day every day. The Four Sigmatic coffee is developed with extremely high quality mushrooms and other superfoods completely free of pesticides and mycotoxins. Say goodbye to stomach burns, jitters, and crashes caused by normal coffee and say hello to boosted productivity, reduced stress, and improved memory. Best of all, it tastes great and is super easy to prepare. Just tear open the bag, mix with hot water, nut milk, or blend with your favorite smoothie, and then enjoy. For those of you avoiding caffeine, their caffeine-free flavors are also delicious and offer similar benefits as their main mushroom coffee. Four Sigmatic offers everything from mushroom coffees, elixirs, hot cacaos, and matchas. My go-to right now is the mushroom hot cacao with reishi, made with pure Peruvian cacao and an upgrade on guilt-free hot chocolate. Now I skip the dessert and I drink this instead, which is huge for me. It's organic, vegan, paleo, gluten-free, and absolutely delicious not to mention the reishi mushrooms added help me unwind relieve my stress and send me into a restful sleep in the evening you can even take a double dose on particularly stressful days four sigmatics products are all amazingly versatile i usually mix the hot cacao with coconut oil for an even creamier texture you can use this cacao mix in baking or sprinkle it on top of your smoothie even your cereal bowl it's delicious and beneficial every single way of course, I wouldn't mention this without having an amazing deal for you, so here it is. Right now, when you head to Forsigmatic.com slash yogagirl, you'll get 15% off of your entire order. That's 15% off any order placed on foursigmatic's website, but you have to use my special URL, Forsigmatic.com slash yogagirl. That's spelled foursigmati dot com slash yogagirl. Forsigmatic.com slash yogagirl. I was even, before we before we started recording, I was, because there were so many questions for you, and I was trying to pick out mm. good ones and write mm. some down, mm. and then I w- someone says, well, I don't understand how this makes any sense, like your whole family, who are all these people? Who are all these people? <laughs> who are all these people?
1: Who are you even? So
0: I, <laughs> who are you even? Because of course, I also have my dad's side of the family, and there's a bunch of kids mm. there, and then you have four kids, and we're going to get to there, but... What happened
1: next? I guess. But I mean, it's it's difficult to get like 50 years in a in, in a, a yes. one hour podcast. But should but- I share my little
0: abbreviated version <laughs> of our family tree because it sounds? I almost wanted to make like you know one of those <clears throat> YouTube videos where everything moves super fast. <clears throat> throat> <clears throat> 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 you can do it super you
1: know? fast, and then I can give my version. Okay. Okay.
0: But this is just the fact. I okay. didn't put any anything in it. Okay. So I put from my from my point of view. Then um, my mom met. My dad, when they were super young, fell in love-ish and had me when they were 21 and 24 two years later my brother Ludwig was born and shortly after that my parents separated with some drama and scary stuff involved mom decided to go to air traffic control school met Stefan the cool fighter pilot guy and we moved to south of Sweden to live happily ever after with him he died in a plane crash we moved back up to my dad and he decided to move to Latvia around the same time a few years passed my dad has a baby my sister Katja with her mother Natasha but they separated right away or were they even together no one knows my mom meets Carl and falls in love with him and we move in with him and his daughter Hannah and my sister Hedda is born the next year my dad meets a new woman and falls in love at the same time as my mom meets a new man and falls in love so she leaves Hedda's dad for Stefan who has two other kids Gustav and Lovisa and we all move in together My mom marries the new, and my dad marries the new woman, Inga. And in the year 2000, everyone gets married. I I held a speech at my dad's wedding saying the year 2000 was the year my parents finally got married, just not with each other. I was 12 years old. The next year, my mom and Stefan have my sister, Maya, and my dad and Inga have my sister, Emily. A few years pass, and then everybody decides they aren't happy anymore, so they all divorce. My mom meets David and gets married. I have no more children, thank God. And my dad meets a woman named Alexandra, who is Dennis's exact same age. My mom divorces David, and my dad goes on to have two more kids, Nicholas Jr. and Michaela, who is Leah Luna's age. And now here we are today. My mom is single and happy and ready to mingle, and I have seven forking siblings, in the messiest family history of all time. But we are all happy, sort of. Most of uh-huh. us. The end.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> It's really funny. It's really really funny. I mean, if you cut out all the drama, if you cut out all the drama, if you it's really funny. Take away all the bad parts and just stick to the facts. It's really like yes. It's like black and white. Yes. yes. Marriage, divorce,
0: children, stepchildren, yeah, divorce, yeah. marriage, two things.
1: It's funny. But that's how we it's
0: are. Funny. So I am sitting here with seven, seven siblings. Uh, five of them are, uh, I mean, six of them are half siblings, or however you would. I call it Ludwig is the only one Mm. who is uh, Mm. with both my same parents. So somewhere Mm. around then. And I know, like, if I look at from my perspective now, everything is really peaceful for me, Mm. at Mm. least. And then Mm. I I don't know if it is peaceful for everyone from where they are sitting. And there is still drama happening and unfolding in our family,
1: (laughs) I feel. It's not mine. It's not mine either. It's like for the first time, for the first time in my life, the drama is not mine. But
0: how did you arrive to there? So from, from being that young mom with two kids and then, and then you weren't happy with my dad and you left and all this stuff. If could do that.
1: Mm. But I can, I can just say that for all, because I, I also read all the comments. Thank you so much for, for sharing and telling what you want to hear. Uh, I can just say that if you act, if you live your life from a perspective of lack Like lack of love, lack of confirmation, lack of, you know, purpose, uh, reason to be. If you live your life from that perspective, it's not going to go well your decisions are not going to be it's not gonna take you into right direction.
0: Or as if you're the victim. Yeah. All the no, because you because
1: you are the victim and, and the bad things come my way. It's not and my fault. Yes, and, and you kind of feel like you're jinxed. I felt like that. Like my my parents got divorced. I lost my daddy really young and then my, my father got cancer and then he died. And then I met the love of my life and he died in a plane crash. And, and that was
0: after that was when we were little. When yes, you had divorced yes, dad, yes,
1: divorced yes. And I can see that I met your dad in the big grief of my father. And when I met Stefan, it was more like we were like totally he, he was my Dennis, you know, that we really fit. My friend said that this was the first time in, in my life together with them that they ever seen me love someone, you know, except for you and Ludwig. And uh, and to to be able to share that with someone, and then he died, and then I felt like nothing good is ever going to last for me. And then you were you were how old then? I was twenty six. Twenty six. And, and he, he was thirty. Yeah. And I was five. And you was were three. Yeah, you were almost five when he died. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we spent like not even two years together, but those years were really like they were super intense and they were super good years. You know. And um, and after that, I felt like, for me, I was like that someone would love me. So I kind of took what I got. I didn't choose. I didn't go with my heart. I just felt like if someone would love me again, I go with that person. And uh, that's sad to say. but um, And I think that's the same with the fathers of, of you, like for me. Of course, I love them, but it wasn't my full heart. So because I was acting out of a, per, you know, a place where I had a big lack. And uh, I think the biggest change now is that since I lost everything, I had a lot of support from my girlfriends. Really, without my girlfriends, I would not be in this place. And also, when, um, I ha- I ha- I'm, I'm blessed that God or someone is talking to me at times and soon two years ago i heard a voice waking up hangover being out with my friends and the voice says this doesn't work anymore and i just realized that i am in more or less the exact place where i was when i got pregnant with you i was out drinking having fun and you know uh, waking up hangover and the next day we will be out again because this was the first time three years ago like in my life when I was single. In, Ever. Like, <laughs> like, more Almost. or less since yeah. I was 15, really. And then I was partying, I was being out, having fun, kind of living a single life because you took a step away from me also, my kids. And I was like, okay, so this is my life now. And then I woke up and this voice says, this doesn't work anymore. And I knew exactly what it was. And we used to yoke that I was an alcoholic when I was young. Like, when I got pregnant with you, I was an alcoholic, and you kind of saved me. And you hated that part. You always said, I hated that you say that. And I didn't, you know, some things that we said back then that we, or I thought was funny, it wasn't funny, really. Yeah, but you don't think of it that way. But I yeah, thought it was yeah. a
0: lot of weight to carry for a, for a child, that feeling. Yes, like and seen. and, and it.
1: it's like, yeah, and... And it's like we parents, we I think none of us do things to hurt no. hurt our children. We we don't know. And then I came into AA. Thanks to that, I called a friend. And I said, because of that voice. Yes, I said that I I realize I need to stop drinking. Uh, where is the meeting? So I went to a meeting, and since then I haven't been drinking. I haven't had one one glass of wine or two years. Yes, mm. and I think the the I opener with, uh, with AA for me, because I did a lot of spiritual work, I did a lot of personal development and many groups and retreats, and I really turned my, my inside out a hundred times. I processed my dad, my mom, my childhood, I processed separation with you, I processed my suicide attempts, and I processed everything, but I didn't process myself. You know, I didn't think the look. things that happened to you, but not the and why that, yeah. am I the way I am? You know what shaped me, and and through these steps that you work, you kind of take a look at yourself, and that's when the gold digger mentality came in, <laughs> and to realize you are not a gold digger because you're an asshole, you know you are that because you have a fear, and that fear is the you know the fear of emotional security, financial security. And to realize that behind every negative behavior you have, there is fear, and for me to be able to look inside and see that, oh, what if uh, I'm an arrogant asshole, I despise people, you know i am I'm a gold digger, but I'm a very um, unsuccessful one though, but all these negative uh, what do you say character traits that I have, I just realized that okay, this is me, this is what I am
0: so it's not just everything that happens to you and you're the victim of everything, but also what's...
1: I got a list, I got a full list, like 10 points. This is how I am. I'm not humble, you know, I'm arrogant, I despise everyone, more or less. I'm putting myself, I'm superior, you know, and to see that, okay, great, then I can work on it. And it kind of gave me back my power. So it's like... So do you think it's the, the, is it the
0: act of not drinking The sobriety or is it the 12 steps and the spiritual work that you do in the group? I think
1: it's a combination. To to have a personality like mine, I don't think I'm depressed. I don't think my personality is melancholic, you know, depressed. But I know that uh, the ways, the number of ways to reduce anxiety that I have tried during my life, alcohol was my biggest one. And to not drink makes me... I mean, a much better person, a nicer person. I mean, to to drink for me at times is like pouring alcohol or, you know, gasoline on a fire. It's totally stupid because of all my, you know, dark sides, my bad sides, like I'm arrogant, I'm superior, you know, I'm too much. They get magnified, magnified with alcohol. So I kind of float on top. Problems I have disappear for that time. And then you wake up to even more problems. And more anxiety the next day. And more anxiety. So what you use to reduce anxiety, to solve your problem, causes more problems. So to remove the alcohol was like the first. And to realize that I have a problem and to say that. But for me, I can honestly say, um, you call me a a hobby alcoholic.
0: Because from everybody else's standpoint, it was always... uh, and, and, And I've also learned a lot since then so most uh people that go to aa aren't the people necessarily who lie in the gutter with a a half bottle of whiskey but very functioning people high Mm. functioning people that have Mm. good jobs and they're ceos and they have families and responsibilities and uh you know alcohol affliction can be anybody there is no you know person that Mm. fits that that uh, that label but for me when you said oh uh, i'm sober now i'm in aa I, I was like is this a fucking joke <laughs> like i remember i was like okay here's another yeah. thing now yeah um but everyone has noticed the change in you mm. really and i don't know if it's the the type of humbling very humbling work that's done then and also the work that's without a guru without a super teacher mm, there's mm, it, mm. like i don't feel like you've attached to this this is the only way feeling which it's been a lot of before. And I think the change was big enough. Now, if you would start drinking again, I would freak out. <laughs> but I would say like, oh, you were like a hobby alcoholic, like a yeah. not really a real alcoholic. But then the change was so big. So that probably, yes, that was a very, very important.
1: Yeah. But step. I think so alcohol to remove like what you're using. And it doesn't matter if it's alcohol or if it's like when I was a child, I used to pull my, the nails from my, my pinky toes totally terrible and I played football so I, it hurt a lot when I played football of course but I did that because of, to reduce anxiety and yeah, um, there's people cut themselves yes yes yeah, there are a number of ways and sugar, I think cigarettes, that drugs, that the most important something. is to remove that thing that actually harms you and then I think also the people I met in AA the work we do that everyone wants to become a better person it's really like uh, you get sober you get clean and then You have a job and you work those steps that are totally brilliant. Everyone should do them, Uh, being an addict, yes or no. And the 12th step is you give back. What you have got, you give back to people, which means you have to be a good person. So it means in the little things, really, if I'm arrogant... How do I stop being arrogant? Well, I have to act more humble. You know, I have to clear other people's trays in McDonald's. You know, I have to really do things that I don't have to do. I have to exaggerate the humble side in my life to become less arrogant. Because you can't say, now I'm going to be less arrogant. So it's really like, I, I love this. And I also love that there is no, as you say, there is no guru. There is no people on top of each other. No one says, no one tells anyone you're an alcoholic. The only one who says you're an addict or an alcoholic is you. And the only membership needed is that you don't want to drink, you don't want to use. Like, please help me. So, and I think that this becomes a lifestyle. And uh, I also feel like I don't know if I'm an alcoholic. To be honest, I don't know. But does it matter? They kick you out of the group no one can kick me out and you know people relapse and they come back and they relapse next week and they come back and i'm like really does it matter if i'm not an alcoholic it's really good for me not to drink right that's as simple as that it's as simple as that exactly
0: you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl Ladies, wouldn't you agree we all have that old, faithful bra we prefer wearing above all others? You know the one. It somehow has the perfect combination of comfort and support, and you look and feel great in it. Well, what if I told you that you'll find that in every bra from 3rd Love? 3rd Love has taken thousands of real women's measurements and combined it with super-smoothing memory foam to spark a bra revolution. And they don't stop there. While most old-school bra brands only carry 15 sizes, 3rd Love offers an incredible 60 sizes so you can be sure your exact fit is is out there third love offers bra in sizes double a through g including half cup sizes not offered by anyone else if you're not sure about your proper size you can chat with a fit specialist or take their 60 second fit finder quiz as you shop from the comfort of your own home no more awkward fitting room experiences and no more settling with a close enough fit Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off on your first order. Try a Third Love bra today, and you might even forget you're wearing it. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. This year, make the change that will change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com/heart right now to find your perfect-fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/heart. Thirdlove.com/heart. I'm looking at all the all the questions that, that we've had. So many people are asking about, um, and I get this question a lot. and people and I feel also strange in it when, when they say, uh, "What has it been like to grow up with a mother that's an alcoholic and an addict?" And how have you gone through this? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was not something that I uh, grew up with. I didn't never had this thought in my uh, in my mind. I think for, for it could have been anything. It could have been alcohol. It could have been something for you. It's just a tool that you can use mm-hmm. now to peel things away and come mm-hmm. back to who you are. But What's the hardest part about the relationships changing, I guess? You know, everything that's around it. People are asking for advice. So if they have someone around them that is an addict and they maybe they don't know or it's really hard to be on the sidelines. And I feel like I cannot answer that question because that's not how our relationship looked like. For me, the challenge that we had was that you were... I was always scared that you were going to kill yourself, mm, mm. I was always fearful
1: no but but for me now, for me, it's like life is the the most important thing that I have in my life is actually not to stay alive but to have my level of life joy as high as possible, so I never ever touched that point again where I don't want to live and where I am now, and I think this is also comforting, especially for those who struggle with life joy and perhaps contemplate should i kill myself you know and that's nothing uh, that thought once you have it in your head it's kind of returns and it's then like it comes cancer. off yeah. it's like cancer once there is a point when you think that thought for the first time and then it's like you're infected it's like it bounces back and i'm sitting here i tried to to um commit suicide three times I survived and the last time I survived it was just seconds from not being here and to realize that you can actually be happy it it, life doesn't have to be you don't have to come to an okay place where you what what was what is the
0: difference then this time around
1: because no but I never as as I feel in my in my body in my life where I am at right now I never have been in my whole life You know, I never been, I never been a stable person. I never been solid. I never been trustworthy. You know, I never been, you know, I always been more on the go, fun, alert, you know, um, too much, always busy, you know, always happening stuff and never feeling, you know, I'm here and I'm going to be here. You can count on me because I wasn't that kind, kind of person. And now I feel like this quality that I have right now, I need to preserve that, which means that I cannot jeopardize my situation with bad people, with drugs, alcohol, bad situations, you know, overworking, stressing. So I kind of, I think that the way we watch loonies, don't eat that, don't go there, you know, watch it for, for sick dig, you know, careful, that's how I care about me now i feel when and I'm is that tiring
0: off. or is it joy a joyful thing
1: it's it's super easy hmm. it's it's like caring for a child because you're in a good place and that's
0: also the thing i think that comes back to anything um people ask a lot well how can i how can i maintain a good diet or how can i make sure and stay motivated to go back on the yoga mat how can mm-hmm. i do anything that's good for me if you're in a bad place everything that's good is hard
1: yeah yeah
0: everything if you're not in a good place it's really hard to do yoga every day yoga feels like it's boring it sucks you want to rather eat the crappy things you want to do you know when you're in a good place all those things come super 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 easy and Mm -hmm. I can find it with me with my my uh my controlling side my never stopping side my overworking achieving side it gets super 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 high when I'm not Mm. in a good place and then when I'm in a good place i feel really soft and it's really easy to just sit mm. down and calm and i don't mm-hmm. snap at people and so i think we have to start in the in the right place you can not mm-hmm. start with just the yoga you can't start with just the the outside stuff you know the i'm going to eat salads every think, day now and I suddenly my that, life will change you know that's not no how it but goes. i think
1: if you have an addiction the first thing is actually to to give that up and the best way to do that is to connect to a program like if it's, um, you know, cocaine or, you know, alcohol or overeating. I mean, there are programs for everything. So that's the first thing to connect to stop using. But then, you know, like I can see on you when you are not in a good place. Because you snap at people or you are, you know, uh, I can feel that when you are not um, grounded, grounded mm-hmm. when you are happy, then it automatically takes you know as small arrows out to other people you know you direct everything outside and yesterday you're so happy and kind and loving and everything and i was like well oh, something shifted and i can also see that there's been a lot of people visiting coming and a lot of pressure on you and when the pressure relieves you know and you can calm yes, down it's a really hard It's like everything changes. Yes. Yes, It's really Because I love
0: having people at the house. I love having gatherings. I love having... But then a part of me is like waiting for everyone to leave so I can be quiet again.
1: Yes. So you can relax.
0: (laughs) So I can relax again and not put on the show all the time.
1: And I think that's that's the thing. Serenity. Peace. What is that? If you have it, you know it. If you don't have it, Mm -hmm. and some people never had it, I didn't have it for, for like my whole life. Except for the, you know, the years we lived with Stefan, then I felt we were in the right right space but now I have peace and what I I wanted to say was that if you're depressed if you feel like you're struggling you don't want to live there is actually this this space this realm of uh, you know peace and uh, loving yourself and being happy is available to you because a person sits here tried to kill herself three times and she's sitting there being happy and i don't have a fancy job i don't have a boyfriend i don't have a you know before i used to if i got this if i only could achieve this if i got married to this person or whatever then i'd be happy and i did all that and i wasn't happy Mm. and now i don't do that and i'm happy you know it's a. and yes
0: sometimes i feel like from the (laughs) <laughs> from the outside like dad sometimes asks this a little in a condescending way so mm-hmm. how, how's your mom doing now and then I'm like I don't know are you like the eccentric one who has it all figured out now <laughs> or is it just like you know because I think from other people's standpoint yeah. you're like the crazy person who yeah. talks about everything I mean it's sort of like I do talks about everything online and now it's hard and now it's good and now it's easy and then it's and I think part of being just you have to be a little crazy <laughs> To get by, you can't just conform to everything no. all the time. No. And that's the pressure I feel when I feel like people are watching me or all the time. Or if yeah. I have to perform, I have to be this person. And then all my serenity goes, all my peace. Mm. Because I can only mm. be at peace when I can be who I am, which isn't always what other people want me to be or no. what I'm supposed to be from the outside world. And then I get stressed and then it starts to build this pressure that I that I don't need. So I'm really working on how can I be this, I don't know, how can I allow myself just, just to... to be like I don't have to do anything to deserve Mm. to just Mm. be the way I am also with retreats and we have a retreat starting tomorrow and I feel part of me feels like there's this pressure building now like I have a retreat coming people are expecting something they all want to have a life-changing experience when they come here and I feel it's my job to provide that but then I also know I provide the best teaching when I am soft and I am me and I am not you know Mm. outside of myself Mm.
1: It's like it's a it's a life, but this is also life. I would say that this, if we bring in the topic of uh, age and being <laughs> gamla old, mur-mur. gamla murmur. Since Lunis was born, I have become super old. Like <laughs> anyone I'm, who
0: uh, says that to you. So we Dennis and I we make a, Dennis mostly gamla makes, murmur. He calls gamla murmur, and he
1: can say, "Can you please remove your gamla murmur feet from the table?" <laughs> <laughs> <So> Funny.
0: <funniest. laughs> Yeah. but it's all I mean it's a joke because one you are super young and you look super young and you look super great and you're super fit and all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's become like but you're old because now you're a grandma yes, you're all, yes. all of a sudden you're old yes yes yes
1: <laughs> you have to be yes. old when you're a grandma but with age also wisdom comes mm-hmm. and I can also see that but not now. for everyone no but you have to also you know you have to kind of uh, not take yourself so serious and, and kind of relax into I mean what the fork it's all of this now when i look at people arguing and having drama and bad relationship it's like wow it's so stupid <laughs> it's like totally stupid why no, but it's such a waste mm. such a waste of serenity it's such a waste of peace and i'm like ah, oh, why why even bother to buy that if you're going to disagree about it it's like why mm. And I think that aging in a, in a way and being relaxed about it and feeling like, okay, I have maybe 50 years to become a better version of myself every day. And I also know that there is n- it's never too late to become a good mom. I mean, you can b- become a good mom when you're 45. If you were a shitty mom when the kids were young, you can still, it's never a lost battle. It's never, I mean, life is never a lost battle until you die. So you can always start again, you can always. But the thing is, you have to do the work on yourself. You have to kind of... And if I can be, I know that you and me especially, we struggle about the stardom in a way. You know, who is on top and who is like... And and to be able to be the person who kind of takes the back seat position. For me, I needed to be in the front seat because there was so much pressure on me to to fix everything. And thanks to killing myself, I kind of ended up in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody stuffed you in the
0: trunk and said, like, go fuck off.
1: Exactly. So now to kind of <laughs> get into the backseat is like... It's like a great thing. It's like, uh, yes. <laughs> no, but I think it's... Um, I think life is... Uh, I never thought that I would be that kind of person who thinks that life is an adventure. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, and to look forward to like, what Lunis is going to do when she's 20 is like wow. It's wow. <laughs> something it? also that, that people, because
0: people ask always, of course, all these questions about the heavy stuff and suicide and being sober and, and how do we live and all that. <coughs> people maybe don't know. We have so much fun.
1: And so we have an insane amount of fun. (laughs) Thanks to Dennis. All of us mostly Mostly thanks (laughs) (laughs) to Dennis. That's That's like Dennis. (laughs) Everyone should have a Dennis. Yes. But I was thinking that,
0: yeah. It's really light now. And it's not going to be that way forever. And we piss each other off still sometimes. And of course, we have hard days and and good days. But I think overall... for all things, are just super good. I think I look at Lunie's and I'm like, look at all the people she has that just uh, can't wait uh, to be together. Yeah, not just for her, but because we yeah. all really like to be.
1: Yeah, we like to be together and to move as one body. Yeah, but we
0: all live in in a hundred different places. Also, yeah, so people also. Ask it's, nice about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have your space.
1: It's nice to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people about this long distance uh, relationships. It's actually. Uh, Ludwig was here n- now. I haven't seen him in one year and three months. And then he comes and he's, everything is as... I saw him
0: for 24 hours in December and yeah. we fought the whole time.
1: Huh? <laughs> uh, see, I'm telling you, everything is as normal when you meet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. We didn't always have that though. Did we? All? I mean, we fought like... I was always I a little say, mean to him when you, we were you've little. You've
1: always been guilt-tripping him and punishing him and kind of bullying him a little. <laughs> we have so many fun stories. And now stories. he speaks up
0: to oh, you. Now he fights back. But when uh-huh. I was little, I remember like I had this super pretty doll that someone had given me. I can't remember the name of it. But it was like a brand new doll from the toy store. Scroll on. Mine. Yes. didn't have this and line. then Ludwig didn't have one and he was so little and he was like well I also want a doll but he was a boy so he didn't get a doll and then someone was like well you can have my doll and it was no, a doll but he
1: got my. Old. He got your
0: do- old doll from when you were little which yes, was like a downgrade line. because mine was new and fancy mm-hmm. but I was like At, wait did Ludwig get the better doll because this doll came with history and stuff and I was so jealous and I wanted him to trade with me but he didn't want to trade because it was his doll and then I convinced him that his doll would look so much greater if he cut all the hair off of the doll because I knew it would render the doll useless and ugly, and I can really remember, like I, I he was like, "Are you sure, Sudan? Are you sure?" I said, "Yes, your bo- your doll needs to
1: look like a boy. It's a boy you, do doll." Do you know what you named her? No, you don't know. <laughs> no, and and Ludwig says, "Jag också Skrålland. Jag också Skrålland. Nej, din heter Pruttfia." And he comes out with brutvia without Wait, we hair. We've translate without it? without hair.
0: <laughs> protfia,
1: it means fart, fart, farty,
0: fart, 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 farty fart. Louis. Fart Louis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so mean. No, but I can really like. Yeah, I had to like really be the be the boss of him, and I don't think he yeah, grew up. But you up, still have to be the best of the best. But boys. now he grew up, and now he like fights back, and we have polit- politics. Politician issues. We can't share about that. We can't talk about that. But we have a lot of arguments within the family about politics and being conservative versus liberal and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. everything is like Mm -hmm. stirred up like crazy all and we drive each other absolutely insane. And then we're like, Oh, but I love you so much. No, I love you so much. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. you. Don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. go." And that's just kind of how we (laughs) how we have it. But not much has changed, actually. Mm -hmm. And when we
1: have a good life. I really feel that that is also one part of it, to to realize how blessed I am, how blessed I am to be in this life, to be back, to not be on the other side and to to live this life and to be at peace, you know, to be happy, to live this life. Because I can say to live this life and not be happy, that's hell, It's it's living hell.
0: What about the uh, relationships that exist in your life right now where there isn't peace? Because there are relationships like that, like you and my dad, for instance. But How does not, one deal with that?
1: I mean, we have uh, we don't have much contact, but then we have issues if there's something that is like not done or should be done or something. But then the, the way, actually, when there is an issue with someone is actually to pray for that person. To, to pray do you for pray that.
0: for him? Do you really, really, honestly, do you pray for my dad? I don't no, think you do. No,
1: no, but but I can, but I don't, <laughs> I don't feel. What, what do you say? I don't feel any resentment or but any. But is he
0: on your like future prayer list when you've made it to step fifty-five that you'll no, pray there's, for? There's, there's only twelve. <laughs> steps. I know, but maybe you do. No, them but again.
1: this is this is a for me this is a big issue, you know, because on the ninth step you're going to make amends to people that you harmed. And I can say that your dad, uh, if you have a, like a balance, <laughs> I would say on from my side, he harmed me so much more than I harmed him. But I am supposed to make amends for the things I did bad, that I did wrong to him. Of course. <laughs> and it's very difficult for me to come to your dad and say, I'm sorry about It requires
0: a superhuman amount of humility. Yeah, so I'm waiting.
1: I'm waiting for you know for maybe in ten years. I don't know. It's like (laughs) some people are harder to make amends to, and uh, some dads, (laughs) some of the dads, some of the dads, like three of them, like all the dads. Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But I can see my part. My part for for the most important part is my gold digging part. You know that I saw a value in them that I wanted you know i wanted them to add value to me because i didn't have enough myself so and i think i share that with so many people you know of course i mean everybody looks yeah. for, for, I that, ability, yeah, for i think that yeah i think that may be the biggest drive yeah, but for a relationship actually that another person person should give you something
0: but what an uh, absolute gift to realize that i i already have everything i need or i can give myself everything mm-hmm. i need like mm-hmm. i am the one who can mm-hmm. be the provider for. My, i have to be the provider for myself mm-hmm. like that's that's and not that. wait for and
1: someone to come you know when that happens or when, when and i'm and uh, yes this feeling of living that the need to be saved to to not be able yourself and that's so stupid because who was able i was Mm-hmm. I managed my whole life. I supported all kids. You know, I ran a business. I had a house, you know, many houses. I did everything myself without support. And still I didn't feel I was able, that I managed. You know, there was a big, big lack in myself. And uh, But I think I share that with so, so many, especially women, especially women who are super competent and still feel a lack of value. Mm. So
0: what do you see for... What do you see for the rest of this year? What's the future of... You have coined an amazing hashtag on Instagram. It's the hashtag Murmurhud. Murmurhud. Do you
1: know what I have done?
0: You you registered the URL. Oh, you did. did. I I I nailed it. it. I nailed it. You have to be really fast. So anyone listening, Murmur is the Swedish word for grandma. So grandmotherhood, she has coined it, Murmurhud. It's a great... You should yes. Like that. yes,
1: and the question is, what, should what are you going to do within? with it? Something yes. you don't know yet. I'm, I'm thinking, what I want to do, I'm super excited. Then <laughs> it immediately said, you could create a home made for very old,
0: old, old <laughs> grandmothers where you just sit together and you measure your old grandmother's feet. <laughs> you're, just, you're just
1: old. Yes, just being old together, exactly. <laughs> someone
0: called me an ageist the other day and I got so yes. upset because they don't understand someone that it's all you, a
1: joke. Yes, but someone you know actually did that. What? But I love yes, like you're in races, but around age. It's called ages. Is yes, and I had a podcast where I shared
0: about Grace and Frankie, my favorite show, and how I was like a little judgmental about the show because I felt like it wasn't my demographic because they are older i mean they're in their 70s and i'm like how will i but they're super cool and they're the best they're the best i love it so much i am them both but i got an email from someone who said that i was ages and i think Mm. it's because we make so many jokes about you being old but Mm. you're so young Mm. and it's Mm. all just sarcastic so i need maybe i should
1: tone it but it's also i mean to become older and to see your body kind of lose its kind of grip (laughs) of the bones (laughs) it's like you know, the, Wait, the muscle. We have to talk talk about your health because
0: a lot of people ask. Ah. So, Chuck, anyone who's ever watched no. uh, uh Better Call Saul, it's on Netflix. It's a really great show. Saul's brother is uh, a little mentally unstable, and he's allergic a little to mentally <laughs> slightly mentally unstable. He's allergic to electricity, or so he believes. So he's covered in this tin foil type. Cape wherever he goes, and now murmur my or mom. <laughs> she started every night to put her feet on a tin foil plate connect- connected to the heater or the radiator. The
1: radiator with <laughs> copper. You okay, know. so Do you realize points-
0: that this looks absolutely
1: insane. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I do. What, is it, I what do. does it? I But the the number of remedies I tried the last three years. <laughs> and why to, are you
0: trying so many remedies? Because
1: I had because in in our family we have a lot of illness. Your grandma was super sick, like for her last twenty five years or something. She had many autoimmune diseases and she ended up in a wheelchair with. You know, rheumatic um, disease and Crohn's disease, and there was so much. And we have it, uh, as sisters, we uh, we all have it. A lot of joint pain and a lot of strange, you know, difficult stuff. I have a lot of problem in my knee and in my leg and my joints, and, and I've been working on it for a long, long time. And I thought, I'm super disappointed, bad alcohol. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you because becoming sober. You were like, this is going to fix yes, all of my pain. Yes, because
1: everyone said that if you have... But then you can clearly understand that I, it wasn't rheumatic, my issues. Because removing the alcohol didn't help, <laughs> didn't help at, at all. all. Yeah. No. And turmeric,
0: I tell you, it doesn't But So it help. means basically you have pain in your joints all the exactly, time. Exactly. Some days you can't hold a stroller with a baby mm. because your hands hurt so much.
1: But everything is so much better now. And I think because... Uh, one day I just I couldn't manage anymore. No more turmeric. No more green juices. No more. You I know. i you were gonna say I can't manage the pain anymore. No, but you, you sh- I wanna. I wanna. Ta- ta- shall I tell you? Like, if you think this sitting on tinfoil is weird, I'm gonna tell you now <laughs> what I did. I bought a big bucket, big enough so I can sit in it. You know, I sit in it with my knees out of the bucket. I put. I place this big plastic bucket in the bathtub i fill it up with ice cold water i take ice from the fridge and i fill it up with ice cold water so and then i sit in that bucket with ice cold water i put the you know the 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 hot water by the feet i put that so i have hot water on my feet and then i take the shower with really hot water <laughs> on my shoulders and I'm sitting there for like an hour it's terrible because it's like a German remedy that if you uh, if you have your belly cooler and your head and your feet hot, toxins are being removed you know, kind of and I did that for two weeks like I mean I've done this so such insane things to try to cure myself and then six but months this ago this was remedy number 55 I, or I something, don't know I don't know but then I just gave up and I said now I'm I I had enough of this I'm going back to the gym now I'm gonna start running again I'm gonna eat I'm not I'm not gonna be a vegan anymore it doesn't work you know I'm just gonna now live if it hurts it hurts okay if if I get sick I get sick so now I I said, for you, disease. And? And I'm so much better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the tension you're accumulating in your joints by sitting in the ice bucket no, and but eating all the turmeric that you also, hate. So doing what all if the things body is like. actually,
1: you know, kind of lighting up a pain here in my left uh, wrist, saying, okay, this is something. See me, see me, see me. And then I have to care for this wrist for a week. And then it's the knee. Okay, see me, see me, see me. Maybe this is the universe, you know, way to say, care for me. Please do. Take care of the Take body. care of yeah. me. You know, don't disregard me anymore. I'm thinking now to eat food, to really fill yourself up with food and then go throw it up. It's insane. No, it's crazy. I mean, I did it for maybe so many five years. Do. Five years. And and I mean, what does
0: that do to your body to your digestive system what does it do to, you? to your yeah, your, yeah.
1: your whole system you know and to really end to your you know your essence of course you of kind course of you push your, your essence down and then you like throw you it up it's <coughs> like and for me to know that i did it like i was i was 15 i think when i started and i even did it when i was pregnant with you and it's so terrible really and I just felt like for all those years where I drank so much, where I, you know, self-harmed and I need to give back to my body now. So it's okay that it hurts. Hmm. It's really okay that this knee says, child's pose is not for you. It isn't for me. No, but then you need to get the hell out of child's (laughs) pose. (laughs) I taught a class the other day and
0: everyone's in child's pose and I can immediately tell that mom is not comfortable in child's pose. So I gave 15 cues (laughs) of please... If you're not comfortable in child's pose, turn it around, me. and she refused to leave. So she just—I've <laughs> never seen you so uncomfortable. No. And then you gave up. You laid on your back and you slept for 60 minutes through yeah. class. I that love that. Good. <laughs> no, but it's, it's good. good. I think whatever whatever works. And at the end of the day, probably the attachment, this obsession with I have to get it perfect, so that you know, it's like we have to also relax and just live. Okay? And you also have to relax <clears throat> and to pain, in a way, and like, allow what is to be.
1: Yes. And it yes. doesn't mean if you're. If your knee hurts today, it doesn't mean it's gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm. It's not like, to freak out about no. it. No,
0: But so now sometimes you sit with your feet on tinfoil connected to the radiator.
1: Sometimes I do, and sometimes your sisters do. <laughs> it's not sometimes sometimes, sometimes visitors me. come and they sit there. For and how a while. do they feel? They it feel has something to do with the charging. They feel like they're sitting with their feet on tin foil. <laughs>
0: Another question we got was for me to share the most embarrassing moments I've ever had with my mom, but they just keep coming. Like I, there's no like end to where this just stops, and it's also pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: Should we go uh, go get the baby? And
1: yes, is there something you know, else in the comments? that we There's must... a
0: lot of things in the comments, but um, I think yeah, I think I think ending with murmurhood is a good thing because it's a lot about. Mm-hmm. About the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's your what's your what are you most excited about when
1: it comes to womanhood and the f- the coming year? I I I just I, I bought a little summer house and I feel like this is uh it's like a small sanctuary and I really I'm preparing for Luna to be there already. Like I already mentally put up a fence and you know, kind of did things. So she doesn't in the, fall in the water. Exactly.
0: Exactly from her
1: mother. Exactly <laughs> to be, but I'm thinking that to be a more and more, I can also see there's so much. One question that we should address somehow is this mother-daughter relationship, because it's a difficult relationship, not only for you and me, and for me and my mom, but for everyone. Mm. There's really, and it's sad that it is, because as daughters, we really need support from our moms. It's like the most important support. And if that gets cut off, we are kind of not complete. That's the biggest lack of support. I think if that is in place, we can manage a lot. So but I'm, then what do
0: you do then to not remain feeling uh, victimized or blameful? Or, you know, I could go the rest of my life and say, oh, my mother, she was so difficult when I was little and she just tried to kill mm-hmm, herself mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. was horrible. But it's not going to change the reality of my situation.
1: No, and it's like really, really like if you there is always even even in that relationship when you grow up as I mean, the only people who are without blame are kids and, you know, mentally handicapped people in every situation as an adult child, you have your side and you can always as a child begin to, you know, see things differently and change and and care more. And I also know that sometimes when you are harsh to me, and I know you hurt, and I know what I said and did to my mom, that hurts me. So I'm really now trying to make amends to my mom, even though she's dead, really trying to say, give thanks to her, thank you. Like now, the last days, I've been really super thankful for what she did for you and Ludwig, and how she supported me. And I'm thinking also, if I can be a good mom for you and for my children and I can be more and more for loonies and really be that support for the rest of my life. Really, I that's my wish, that I can stay as a supportive character in your life, that I can be trustworthy and you feel that more and more we can count on her. She's not going to you know, flip out or leave us, desert us. And I think that if I can be that ground, I think the future generations are going to be much more supported and calm and carry on that and i think if you have a difficult relationship with your daughter or with your mom you really need to think what do i want to give to the next generation if you don't want to give that further you need to work on that relationship and the first thing is to work on yourself your side you have to take your responsibility in that relationship to see what did you do you know what did you contribute with How did I, I I disappointed and failed my mom so much, especially when I was out drinking, you know. How much worry did I give her, you know. I I really feel I did a lot of bad things to her. And it doesn't matter that I was excluded when I was a kid. I was still, I was a, a young adult and I misbehaved so much, you know. And to take on that part and say, mom in heaven, I'm sorry. I really am sorry and I'm super grateful for what you did to me. And if your parents are alive, if your mom is alive, you can go to her and, you know, to just take your part and say, I'm sorry for this and that, really, and I love you. And uh, and it's never too late.
0: But not everybody has that type of relationship either. There are people out there with, I think especially a lot of the people that are writing that have maybe parents that are addicts and that ha- are still, you know, maybe they're mm-hmm. not sober yet. They're still reliving that cycle and causing harm or causing pain. There's also moments where, it's you need to separate
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's also a really hard thing people ask that all the time it's yeah. that i don't think it's about you just sit and you, you continue taking shit coming your way and you have no, to own no, your no, part no. but
1: that's different you of know you, that's different but many
0: people sit with that now where it's not a past thing it was wasn't great then but now we're good you know mm. for people that are sitting in relationships now that still aren't good
1: and and i, I can just say that but that, that To just realize that if you have parents who are um, alcoholics or addicts, you can just see, I mean, the empathy of it is to see that they are suffering. You know, not stable, healthy people are are behaving badly. I mean, people that kill other people, they are really, truly suffering. And it doesn't mean that you say this is, you know, I forgive you or that is okay. But if you can, I mean, you can always pray. You don't have to interact with them, but you can always pray for them. You know, you can begin to pray for them and wish them a better life, you know, because they are suffering. If you're not kind to other people, you are suffering. And to to understand that people are really living their own problems, their own hell. I don't think anyone would harm anyone unless they, if they had a choice, you know. And it's so, I mean, so much is difficult to understand in this world. But I think the the only thing I can say is that if you can't repair the relationship, you can care for yourself, mm. you know, and to really see what can I do for me to come out of victimhood. Because to be a victim of circumstances. And it never takes you no, anywhere. No, and it, it doesn't matter if it's circumstances of the present or the past. But to be a victim, that's the worst place to be. So question is, how can I come out of this? And the way out is to see your part, because you're never a victim unless you chose to be in that situation. But also
0: also to ask for help. Sure, is a huge. Really, huge, huge really, really. And I feel like we do, we do have yeah. a lot of people also within the family who are very much victims of things, and it's the, mm. for me, it's really hard mm. because no, nothing mm. triggers me. As a, as a victim, as a person, no, because you, you grew up it. with that. Yes, I hate it so with much. With me
1: and more and more, you <laughs> yes. know, it's in your genes. It's poor in me, your body Poor me, poor me,
0: and I can't do anything. And this yeah. happened to me, and now again this mm. happened. Mm. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. if, if you want to change your life, change your life, or at least take responsibility for what you can mm. do now. You maybe you cannot mm. fix all of these things, but you know, we can get up in the morning and try our hardest. Mm. And, mm. I, and and this is a really hard thing to tell someone who's living that. Moment right now, where everything is happening to me, and everything is so horrible, but for as long as we stay in that victimized place we 're never going to get out because we 're not going to feel mm. like we have the power to step out. Mm. but the truth is we have you have all the power
1: but the thing is, I know what it is like to be that victim and not know you have the power to step out you know yeah to think that you have to live and in I these never circumstances and I
0: never life. lived, I never had that no. so when I look at someone I, it it triggers me somehow. Mm, like just mm, Jesus, pull yourself mm. together and fix your life. Mm. But and that's of course not a nice thing to say to someone who is sitting with no, this. No, and it doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't help work. them it doesn't at help. all. At all. No.
1: But but also kind of confirming them in their victimhood doesn't help them either. So what do you do then? Uh, if they have an addic- addiction, you know, then it's easy. I always say, go to a meeting, mm-hmm. find a group, go to a meeting, take a sponsor. You know, work the steps because this is a program. It works for everyone. You know, no matter it works, if you work it, it works it's just easy. Uh, but if you stay home and wait for someone to come rescue you, then it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. This is like you have to take action. If you're not happy, if you are miserable, you know, you have to take action, move your body and ask for help and to go to a place where help is provided for free. It's, it's sup- pretty good, it's, yeah. really awesome. it's really, really awesome it's really awesome. and once you start
0: asking for it, you see that it's actually abundant There's, mm. there is mm. support around even when we feel mm. at our loneliest, there is there is avenues to take, but we have yeah. to we have to ask the universe can provide mm. thank you for for coming on the
1: show thank you daughter <laughs> <laughs> now are we going to we're gonna go get the baby Dennis as me and me are going to you're gonna do, go it to do it
0: do it center to the hardware store that's yes. really good no but i'm, I'm really grateful that you came on the show and i've made dennis like a staple he's once a month he's on the show because people love him on the show yeah and uh maybe you should be like at least twice a year <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe or every time you come over here we should do a we should do an episode yeah. where we can dive into deeper yeah. topics yes to you. Thank,
1: you. thank you thank you and everyone for listening
0: <gasps> thank you so much whatever thank you
1: for wanting me on the show everyone thank you for all the comments all the uh, and all the sweet stuff you say all the time. I'm super bad. I don't know if you notice. Know I'm not a, really an Instagram person. I never follow anyone else but except my daughter and then I never comment back. I never answer you and so that's really self-absorbed God yes I know, I know. so bad <laughs> but I don't you know don't how you manage to. I don't know how you manage the time because I get stressed and I know it's not good for me to be stressed so I drop it
0: mm. no but that's also pretty
1: smart. yeah but yeah that's my choice no 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 so, I
0: respond as much as I as, as much as I feel I'm able to and still stay safe mm-hmm. you know, which is which but is, this is also your life yes yes and I've chosen it and I'm happy see, with it. it works because I work it <laughs>
1: and I'm just a tiger (laughs) long I love it
0: (laughs) alright you guys thank you so much thanks mom I'll see you next week Thank you so much to my mom, Shama, for coming back on the show this week as my guest. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, for Sigmatic, and Third Love. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. Thank you.